Dear Ann Landers, my husband Dear and I are in shock. I'm extremely upset. My son got married in Dear Ann Landers, we were very happy in Dear Ann. My wife is working out of this senior woman here at She thinks way She had to get married. Dear Pod. Who pushed you at the Amish market? <laughs> we have spent a lot of time together this week. A lot of time. We had our very first road trip to, to Amish country. Oh <laughs> my! I first. I, <laughs> I was telling Jim when I was on the train, and I was so unbelievably tired. And um, just, I'm like, this is awesome. I'm going to leave work early. We'll get to like walk around. Maybe we'll get a pretzel or I don't know what the hell we're going to do in this town. <laughs> it's Amish country. <laughs> it's we'll get some corn chowder. <laughs> we had endless possibilities. <laughs> and, and then um, I'm like, I'll take the early train. I get on the early train and I'm sitting there and like, I realize that no one is really on the train and the guy He's like, tickets, please. I'm like, again? He's like, uh, you're supposed to transfer to the last station. I'm like, uh, oh, wh- who who was going to tell me that I was supposed to get off the train? It's New Jersey Transit. The like, answer is nobody. He's like, well, why do you think we gave you your ticket back? I'm like, I oh. have no idea. I have four tickets because you never took them in the first place. And you're not a regular out to New Jersey, <laughs> but they assume that anybody who's on New Jersey Transit, they're like, oh, well, yeah. you're on the train to crack out. You'll have like, to get, they- off the- <laughs> get off of the next station and then go back to wherever i'm like i'm sorry what no there's no no backtracking so this was how our overnight we did one night in amish country to see a friend of ours a mutual friend and i had a couple other friends down there Uh, i feel like the listeners need to know we we this is our very first overnight trip together you and i of, of hopefully what will be many many more because we were in the car for 100 hours the the ride on the gps said three and um yeah, about 12 hours later, we arrived in Amish country. <laughs> and the difference between driving in New Jersey, which is like driving on the, the surface of the moon at 900 miles an hour, and then you pass over into the state line of Pennsylvania, wide, beautiful fields, wonderfully maintained <laughs> it's roads. It's like Wizard of Oz. It goes from black and white to color within like a second. It, it, it's like giant potholes. It, it's like, do you ever see? It's like hookers and blow. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, Apple pie. And then it's the beginning of it's the beginning sequence of Beauty and the Beast. You pass over (laughs) into Pennsylvania and everybody's like, Bonjour, bonjour. Bonjour, Aaron. What? (laughs) Would you like a pretzel? Why are you speaking French in Pennsylvania? (laughs) Steve, why are you talking to me? My name is Helen. (laughs) All right. I'll have a pretzel. (laughs) I have never laughed so hard for a consistent five hours as I did. In these in these car rides coming and going. How about my personal favorite is first of all, <laughs> I don't like large open spaces, especially densely populated. So I think we're at the, the with the like one of the largest outdoor uh, largest markets, right? Yeah. So we're at a big Amish farmers market. We're, if you've it, been to Amish country, you should know that there's just right. like in the middle of town, a bunch of Amish people come and they sell their wares right. and their foods. Right. For some reason, there's a disconnect in my head from like the car to where we're going, and I'm like, "Where are we are? Where are we going for lunch? Right here. Where?" And we, and it's like this giant warehouse, and the door opens. I'm like, "Oh, good God!" I'm like, You're and social anxiety. It's like, yeah, I'm like, "Oh, it's like densely populated, and like every counter is next to each other." But what I found strange is like there's like rows and rows of like loose meat on display, which <laughs> makes me so incredibly nervous. And then just like rows and rows of empty displays. Like that was like, the part mm. that I couldn't get over because uh, our friend Chuck was like, "Oh, that place over there usually has great food." And I went over it. There was like two sad containers of egg salad, and I thought, "Was this? The- is this where he pointed?" <laughs> <laughs> and I hope you like egg salad because it's all they have. Because this is your only choice. When you get to the farmer's market late, your choices are limited. So then Chuck, he's like, oh, I'm going to get um, a bowl of whatever he got. In my mind, I'm like, my body won't be able to process that. Otherwise, it'll be like a Vietnam 
in my colon. Yeah, it's like manure so, corn chowder. Right. Everything tastes just a little right. bit of turd. Right. So I'm standing there and I'm talking to Chuck and all of a sudden I get this like, like this <laughs> whack, whack. He's like, hey, hey, <laughs> hi. Like, and I'm like, I was so like, like, like arrested. Like I couldn't, I was like, what? Who knows me here? And I'm like, oh, maybe someone listened to the podcast. And, know, like, and I talk to him as if I am like uh, Audrey Hepburn at her, at her UNICEF uh, encounters. Like, Where did oh, he hi, you? how are you? Welcome. I am I'm legend Audrey Hepburn. I'm like, you must recognize me from my podcast because I don't have a face. I, I don't know what the fuck was going through my head. And I look at him and there's this guy with peanut butter colored teeth looks like Gary Busey and I is like 90 feet tall I'm like hi oh hi pleasure to meet you he like assault like I, you would have thought that he put his fingers through my rib cage to attack me with that like hi hi like where a, did like he a, hit like you on pecking, your body like a pecking duck <laughs> wait and then Chuck's like do you know him I'm like you fucking know from anybody my many trips that I down. take to Amish Do I look countries. like this fucking lunatic? <laughs> Wait, where did he hit you on your body? It was like he hit me here, but it was like, like it your was shoulder? literally. It was like the. I, I, it was as if someone were to like hit you with a, a like a flathead screwdriver, but like stab you with it. There is nothing more aggressive than somebody tapping at you with two. Fingers. They could honestly punch you in the face and it would be less aggressive than I would, a double I, tap with the two fingers. I think tapping is a very, um, the inappropriate word. It was literally like a stabbing with fingers. <laughs> it was a drive-by. So the then he's like, hi. And Chuck looks at me. He's like, do you know him? I'm like, no, I don't know him. And then we're just standing there. I'm like, I'm standing there and Chuck's a go like an order in his food. And I'm standing there. I'm like, is it, did any, it, did anybody, th- Anybody here see that? Am I the only one? So then he like walks away and I'm watching him walk away to see if he does it to anybody else. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Just like everything about him is like, un- like you know, the shorts that are too long, a shirt that's just like dirty and off the shoulder, like the peanut butter colored teeth, yeah. like the messed up Gary Busey hair from The Apprentice. Like, <laughs> so Aaron and I, so I walk away. I'm like, Aaron, you'll never believe what the hell just happened? I was she's, looking at some dangling meats when you came up to right. me. And some some E. coli like, on display. She's like, that's terrible. Like, like, as if, like, nobody really seemed to, like, I could have been s- murdered. And everyone would be like, that's a tough break. So we're walking around and we're looking at all, like, like these giant, the densest fudge or chocolate I've ever seen. I'm like, does someone just shit in a display case and you're selling it? That is not Of course, I got a log of it and I had to bring the car around. We threw it on the top like a Flintstone car and it tipped over. Like two brontosaurus burgers, please. And then, um, like so we're walking, we're, we're walking around. I'm like, I have to, I have to point out this man if I ever see him again. And then, it, all of a sudden, hi, how are you? Hi, and I was like, son of a bitch, where did you come from? It's as if he just like shot up from the fucking floor. And I'm like, that's him, as if I needed to say it to Aaron. I, he she's walked like, by and I was like, hey, and, there's and your then, friend. Once again, I never see him do it to another person in the entire, like this <laughs> this giant football field of uh, Amish <laughs> delights. And I'm just like, I, t- I think I turned to Aaron. I'm like, I need to get out of here. So, Jim, let me also tell you this. <clears throat> Jim and other listeners. Oh, dear. So, um, we decide to go. I... I am the only one that is staying at a hotel. And for one reason or another, I picked this hotel, which I... You can't say the name of. say nope. the name. Names are changed to protect the innocent <laughs> hotels. <laughs> for whatever reason, I decided not to go with the one that was directly downtown, you know, near Everything. bars, restaurants, coffee, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know really where I am. I walk into... Um, after I check in for the weirdest checkout, because you don't check in at the counter, you go around the counter and there's someone sitting at the low desk. So now you're above that person, but they look like it looks they're like they're trying to, to sell you a condo. Right. It or was the to weirdest. sign their yearbook. I don't understand. I'm like, <laughs> oh, do I, who do I? And everyone is like, I'll take it. And like four hands come up like a like a puppet show, but without the puppets on their hand. Yeah. And you're like, am I getting a bank account? 
Today, are we doing like, nails? I don't understand what's happening. There's two seats in front of the checkout desk, <laughs> check-in desk. You, so you check in. Thanks so much. You turn around. There's a giant television right above the buttons of the elevator. Now, keep in mind, there's only about three feet from that counter to this elevator. And I actually don't need to be stimulated to Every while I'm step waiting. of the way. Right. I know. So about 105 minutes later, the elevator arrives. We go up just to the, there's only five floors. Takes me about another half an hour to get to the fourth floor. Mm-hmm. I open up and there's a dead rose right outside of the elevator bank. And I'm like, there's an omen. I'm like, no, there's no cleaning. Like no one can fucking pick that up. It's <laughs> and my it mind. looked like it had been dead for about a month. Yeah. It was kind of like if you're like, you know, throwing a rose out to sea. That's kind of what it looked like because yeah. of the carpet. And I'm like, oh, God. well, at least that's not my room. And then I look at my key. I'm like, oh, fuck. That is my room. <laughs> I'm right next to the elevator and right and next the to the ice machine. And the ice machine. Perfect. Something relaxing. Right. And there's a dead rose just sitting in front of your right. door like it's the shining. Yeah. So then I open up my door to what I believe is the refrigerator from Clue where the chef is murdered. <laughs> because it is so uh, arctic. Like my nipples just like might just, I had to buy a new shirt because it just ripped off my shirt. Like it was the coldest room I've ever been in. Yeah. And the window that I had was, there was only one window. You couldn't jump out of it. No. But also that room was, I mean, because I walked in with you and you know the scene in Day After Tomorrow where the helicopter crashes and the three guys get out and freeze instantly in mid-movement? Mid yes. That really was, I can confirm that this was the coldest room I have ever walked into in my life. Ever. And then- Painful. She decides to get ready and I decide to turn on all the lights to check the lighting. And I'm is like, this a gay man quality or is this just a you and Chuck thing? Because I've experienced this a handful of times where I you go in and restyle a room. True. But it was asking for it. I almost moved the armoire had I had the strength. <laughs> had it not been stapled to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so I like turn on all the lights. I'm like, this is, I've never, I will never ever understand people who have track lighting and then decide to put spots somewhere other than what needs to be illuminated. Now, see, but I am challenged when it comes to interior design. So to me, I look at it and I'm like, good enough. I- I'm <laughs> yeah, so why sorry. Why not light that corner instead of like the four pictures that are on the wall? Like you never one notice is, like until the corner of a frame is, is lit and then like the back lower corner of the frame is lit and then maybe like a pillow. So like if you're laying in bed, <laughs> you're just burned to death from some fucking halogen lamp. Anyway. And the piece of the ceiling was lit for no real reason. I, I, so I went in, I took... I. I I, if you're going to give me track lighting, I'm going to take all the tracks off and reset the room. And that's exactly what I did. Mm-hmm. And they had the nerve to have a little envelope on my pillow that says, this room has been styled by Stacy. <laughs> and I'm like, Stacy should be fucking immediately fired. It it was like, do you, I have 10 different types of light bulbs in here. And, and like, it, nothing is soothing. It's like I'm a whopper so waiting to be served. I'm just like under like a fucking heat lamp. And then, and then. You go to the bathroom. Who in the right mind puts a mirror in front of, of a, a toilet? toilet? Like, I yeah. want to watch myself work at that. <laughs> you can cheer yourself on. You look at yourself. That a the- spirit. You're going to be okay, Patrick. You're going to be okay. Especially after the nachos that I had later that night. Um, You guys... I am so glad that you are still listening to us. We have a lot to say. We've spent many hours traveling together in a car, and we still want to talk to each other. Who knew? Who? So welcome to Dear Pod, the comedy advice podcast. I am your host, drum legend Gene Krupa. And I'm Marley Matlin. And we're coming to you from the Maha'a Bar in the beautiful Pineapple Ranch. Can I hear it? (sighs) Nothing. There you go. Hey. hey, hey, I'm angry, but I'm saying hello. <laughs> I hope your shoulder healed. All right. So not only are we breaking down old advice columns, we are doling it out to you. We're bringing old school advice to new school problems. So if you have a question that needs answering, please write to us. We love listener mail, right? I love it. And we have a new email address now. We love it so much. We've evolved. You can write to us at questions at dearpodofficial.com. Oh. We have a website. Did you know? 
No. Did you know? know did you know? Well, he knocked all the sense out of you when he slapped you on your shoulder. I've never been assaulted like that. Double finger poke. I'm, but a I'm double always, finger poke. I'm always, it'll be, if it's, if, if there is a flock of birds flying over an open venue, all of them will shit directly on me and not even have residual splatter on anyone else. It'll this is why we're me. kindred spirits, because I could be entirely. I could be surrounded by 500 people on a subway platform and I'll be the one that people want to talk to. Mm -hmm. Somebody tried to speak Russian to me the other day. I don't know why they looked at me and they were like, that girl knows it. Right. I don't know. I I have absolutely no reason, rhyme or reason why Kevin Bu or Kevin Busey, Gary <laughs> Busey came <laughs> The and lesser known me. Busey brother. <laughs> but the fact that I'd like, my, I guess in, if I were in my neighborhood and someone did that to me, I'd be like, what the fuck? But for some reason, you're taken I, out of your I was element. Like, Hi, how are? Like I literally answered him as if I knew. Like we were at a cocktail party. Well, you felt like you're a personality now, and you're responsible. <laughs> well, for the, that's because you the said PR. You said that someone there liked our podcast. I was like, oh, well, I know. I don't really. He know must who it be is. our fan. This must be it. <laughs> this is you our must one be fan. the one. I don't know why you're attacking me with a hammer, but that's fine. <laughs> I mean, he comes up with a butter knife. Yeah. Hey, hey, I love Dear Pod. I rate, review, and subscribe. Then I, I'd be like, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. A subscriber. I mean, he could have like bought one of those dense, wet pretzels and just shoved it in my mouth. And I would have been <laughs> I think that's I'm a perfect fine. way for me to say, if you want to poke Patrick on the street, the best way to do it is to find him on social media at Dear Pod Official. Yeah. Isn't that a good transition? I don't know if you can even poke anymore. I think you can. Uh, my mother has started doing it again, but I don't know that she knows what she's doing. I don't want to talk. I don't want to poke. Uh, oh, and by the way, uh, at, when you decide to follow us, uh, find us at DearPodOfficial.com on everything. Our website, DearPodOfficial.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And tell your friends, because let me tell you what. What? The word is spreading like a very slow wildfire. Like a virus. Uh, so today's topic is babies, something we know nothing about. And I don't want to. I know. We're not baby people. No. I've never, I don't even think, I think I'm so sharp edged. Like I would have to baby proof my body if I had a child. You know, I have very sharp elbows and, you know. Well, what are you landing on them? Well, just to touch them. I feel like my bony crypt keeper hands, if I pick up a child, would be like, ah! They'd be very uncomfortable in me. I, I've made my body a very unwelcoming baby zone. That's fine. You and I are like the drunk aunts that sit in the corner and we're like, send them to us when we're 18. How about that restaurant that we sat down? It was like, no one was there. We sat down. We're having a great time. And then all of a sudden you hear it. It's like, it's like no, no. And it's that, that cry from the weekend. And like, it's like that slow turn of the head. Uh -huh. It's like, oh, dare you? And we were sitting in horse stables because tch, Lancaster, we went to a restaurant that used to be a horse stable and they were like, we're not changing a damn thing. So we were sitting in a stable. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic food. Amazing fantastic drinks. Food. Those were incredible. The cocktails will slap you in the face. They're very deceptive. Or that child behind you will slap you in the face, which she tried. Yes, the best was that Patrick was, of course, sitting on the back end of this child, and I'm watching it all happen. There's nothing more... Ugh, I feel responsible when you're at a restaurant and there's a kid behind you who decides they want to turn and they want to be in your space, in your, you know, I said your no booth. Yeah, I said no thank you. It's like you should put like a card up, like a, like a green, like, you know, like at a Brazilian restaurant where you put a, a red or a green, like... Talk to me, don't talk to me. Like, bring food, don't bring food. Or a kid section and no kid section, like a smoking, non-smoking used to be. Like, why, why do I, <laughs> if I'm going to pay this amount of money for food, why do I have to suffer through the fucking Muppet babies behind me? Well, and then it's, it, it does feel like the parents, and this is going to be, we're going to be very not popular with the ladies who are not, listening to this right now. Not one shit. Do I give? But I do. I have friends. All my friends have kids and they're like, I didn't leave the house until they were 18. I mean, that was in my family. We never went out to dinner. My mom has always said, why would I ruin someone else's night out by bringing you out to dinner? Oh, did she say that before or after she double poked you with two fingers? <laughs> That's disgusting. Oh. I mean, I have well, a lot of nieces and nephews. You do because you have 500 mm. brothers and sisters. True. I have 24 nieces and nephews. <gasps> what? And I 
only really know a handful of them. Well, because you also live in a different place. I live in a different state. And I don't really care for... I don't talk to children in that voice that people talk to children in. No, I don't think that I have that anymore. And I've I don't, tried. And I don't ask idiotic questions. Like, what's your favorite... Co- I don't do, do anything. Do you like Dora the Explorer? I don't talk in baby voice. I, I don't... Um, if they can pick up on my sarcasm, if I train them properly, then that's wonderful. That's an amazing if, child. If, if I have to work at idle chit-chat with mm-hmm. a child, I... No. Though I feel I like this is comedy. I wouldn't mind seeing it. <laughs> I don't. I don't have time to like pull answers out of you. I'm not I'm only doing this because you are somehow related to me. Wow, we So have... I just don't say anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy right now that we picked this topic. I have nothing to say to a child. No, I agree with you. I'm right there with you. Like I hey, do you want to draw? I'll draw. You want to play a uh, matchbox card? Sure, I'll do that. I have tried to find my way in. Because I do have a niece and nephew and I feel responsible when I go home. I'm not Indiana Jones. I'm not trying to like uncover anything. It's like if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I have 23 other kids that I can attempt to have a conversation yeah, And it's going to be on your terms. I don't give a shit. I'm only here for a limited, <laughs> like the McRib, a limited amount of time. I am just here to be poked by strangers. <laughs> All right. From the Dispatch in Moline, Illinois. Mm. November 20th, 1983. Dear Abby, we have two baby girls. One is three and the other is two. My wife is pregnant. <laughs> you know what? Fuck off. Already What's you wrong hate with them? you? Dear Abby, we have two baby girls. One is three, the other is two, and my wife is pregnant and we'll have another baby in January. Can you just hear, can you actually hear it in my voice that I'm so pissed that someone like- Is procreating back, like, so aggressively? Back yeah. You just shoved a watermelon out of your vagina just and Irish eviscerated twins. it. Yeah. And now you're going to do it again. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I don't know how they, there's got to be how chemicals. This, I don't know how this happens. I don't know how people can do one after or another. Or why yeah. some gentleman would like to be in the room watching your wife's vagina that you have spent so long trying to get into <gasps> and now just watch it explode like a flesh firework. Oh, God. Anyway, I just pictured a Gallagher show with a watermelon. <laughs> that was the first image that I got in my head. I used to watch that all the time. Okay, so. Okay. Dear Abby, we have two baby girls. One is three and the other is two. My wife is pregnant and will have the baby in January. We are now thinking that if we should get another girl baby, we should get a sex change operation for her (gasps) that people say is now possible. What? 1983. What? How much would it cost? No. Signed, no more girls in British Columbia. Damn it, British Columbia. What is this? What's the, what's the town in Handmaid's Tale? What's it called? <laughs> I don't know. It's, um, I'm going to have to look it up because it's going to drive me crazy. So she says, Dear No More Girls, sex change operations were not intended for infants whose parents are disappointed with the sex of a child. If you can't thank God for a healthy, normal baby girl, why not adopt a boy? That's it. So Gilead, there it is. Gilead. It sounds couple, like he's in Gilead. So a couple things. You've decided to have back-to-back children. Mm-hmm. Of which you have no control over what happens None in the whatsoever. womb. Mm-hmm. None whatsoever. And now you're going to futz with it? I feel weird about when people get it's their baby's even, ears it's pierced. It's not even that. It is that you are so goddamn dumb that you think that a baby sex change because because if it's not a boy, why bother doing this time after time after time? You have some fucking... These are probably people that think that Alvin the Chipmunks is a real thing. Like there's a man named Dave with three chipmunks living in his house that he dress ups and takes to school. Wait, there's... Shut they're up. not? They're not? They don't wear pants. This, chipmunks shouldn't wear pants. Have you ever encountered parents on the street and they talk to their kids... As almost as if they've been eating a bucket of paint chips for like 17 years. Like, oh, I, yeah. Like the, like the toddler is smarter than the parent. Oh. And anybody walking past them is smarter than all of them put together. I don't understand. And then to, to have like, have this in your brain. This So someone is, these two idiots are going to raise children in And yet you don't world. need a license to do it. 
Right. You need a license to do everything else, and they don't. You don't have that for parenting. And you think this is a great idea? Uh, the the like baby's I'm, sex change is horrifying to me. Uh, like again, like I said before, it's like I don't understand people who even pierce their baby's ears. It's like give that kid a choice. Oh my god! Didn't this person like read the letter before they sent? Like they wrote it out with their pen or pencil to dear Abby. Well, they, I don't they, know if they were not that smart, they probably wrote it in blood or something. <laughs> then they reread it just to make sure the punctuation's right. It was probably Honey, in crayon. Let me read it out loud. That sounds fine. Wouldn't it be like, oh my, that's ter- that? Did I just write that? That's a terrible letter. Did somebody use a burnt sienna crayon to write this letter? <laughs> Why would dear I write Abby, this about my child? I want a boy. Can I change the 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 weenus part if it's not a boy? You sound like a muppet. To your, I want to change her boom boom to a wee wee. Like oh, well that's because it's not that far off from being that. Where is this? Where is this person from? Moline. Oh, no, British Columbia. I, I don't. I, I was going to say people. Appalachians or something. Abalonia. Whatever's way up in the woods somewhere. Well, Apollonia is How Prince's ridiculous. Girlfriend. That seems so like 1700s Sparta. You know, it, it's, if I don't get a guy, if I don't get a boy, I also don't understand. They must be teens. I don't understand people who keep going and going and going until they get one specific sex that they wanted. This happens in this day and age, you know, where people we are like, well, we've had three girls, but we were hoping for a boy. So we're going to keep trying until it happens. Why? 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 What are you trying to prove? Like the like trying like uh, it's like gambling. Like oh well, I just had to sell the house because I have a gambling. Yeah, you roll the dice and you get what you get. But why is one thing worse or better than another? You know, how what's would, the point? I would save all that money and go on a nice vacation because uh, you'll never vacate again with with Irish twins like that. I love how disgusted you are with these people. I, I absolutely <laughs> so you're am. just seething. It's just like, well, it's, just it's so like stupid. Back to back kids, and then you have the fucking nerve to write a letter mm-hmm. to put that. Like, what's wrong with you? Exactly. So then, what happens when one of these kids comes out and decides to like? It's like Be a goth gay. kid, a yeah. gay kid, or like, well, we we're thinking of putting them back in the oven and seeing. What if it identifies in a different way? You know. I mean, I, uh, that's just ignorant. What year was that again? 83. That's way too recent for somebody to be that dumb. Not really. If you watch old episodes of Connie Chung or uh, <laughs> Oprah Winfrey, you, there's a lot of. A lot of stupid people in the really 80s. Really dumb. Well, there's a lot of stupid homo- people now. Homo- well, yeah. But the idea that you should have, it, you should not be allowed to procreate and take care of another human being if already it isn't what you want when it comes out, so you're going to surgically manipulate a child. I don't. I don't like people. Oh, this is bringing me down. Yeah. Can I? Can I lighten the mood? Yeah, Paul. Are you ready Abdul. for this? Yeah. <clears throat> this is the Californian from Salinas, California, November second, nineteen eighty-one. Dear Ann Landers, did you have a baby, or am I losing my mind? <laughs> My mother sent me a clipping from the New York Daily News, but only the picture was intact. The post office, spelled with one F, stamped an apology on the envelope for mangling the letter, but that didn't help matters any. What I have here is a picture of a woman who doesn't look much like you. She is holding a darling baby girl named Jennifer. Please let me know if this is your real baby. I would like to knit a sweater and booties for little Jennifer if it is true. Name withheld on request. Dear friend, now I have not had a baby, (laughs) but I do thank you for the compliment. I received several clippings of that story, and I can understand why there is some confusion. The headline reads, The Anlander's Baby. The mother is Linda Stoopy of Elizabeth, New Jersey. Linda and her husband read in my column, or read, Linda and her husband read in my column about the New York-based nonprofit facility Fertility Research Foundation that diagnoses and treats couples who have been unable to conceive. The Stoopies were among the first dozen couples who became parents after they took my advice and went to the foundation for help. The address, for those who may be interested, is Fertility Research Foundation, 1432nd Avenue, New York, New York, 10021. Phone 212-744-5500. <laughs> 
Sincerely, a very not pregnant Anne. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve. Welcome to New York. <laughs> I love the idea of Anne Landers having a baby, especially because the picture attached to this makes her look at the median age of eighty-three. <laughs> I picture I, when Anne Landers was born. I feel like as an Anne Landers baby, she came out at like forty-nine years old with a cigarette in her hand, like ah. Life is so hard. I love the idea that that some also if you look at this letter a little bit, she was like, I I found a picture that doesn't look much like you of a woman holding a baby. It doesn't even look like you. But I assumed it was you, and I assumed it was your baby. I mean, she was blonde and stunning and in her 30s, but But did you? Was that you? She came out smoking a cigarette. She she looked. She got to burn the whole vagina down. She looked phenomenal. That couldn't have been you, right? And I like to knit a sweater for little baby Jennifer. Jennifer. It's my dog's name. Oh, that's well, right. Her name's only Jennifer when she, when she's when you're upset with her. Jennifer. Anyway, I love a pedestrian dog name. You know that. Why? Somebody why named are, Jason. Why are we taking the time to knit a total stranger? A sweater. How long did that take? That takes some time. Unless you have one of those like... Uh, Looms? Yeah, that's the word. Who has that? My grandmother did. Well. And she would knit the heaviest hats ever. She put a huge beanie ball on top and I was like, eh, this is weighing down my cervical spine. <laughs> it's like making my head collapse because it was so heavy. She had a nice loom. She's like, well, I wrapped... <laughs> Inside is actually a cue ball. <laughs> Didn't you always want a hat made out of fiberglass insulation? My neck hurts. You asked for this for Christmas. <laughs> I'm burning and I'm so hot. I'm so hot. It'll I make knitted you look- a bathing suit. What? <laughs> <laughs> I knitted you this fancy tube top. Look at this jock strap I made for you. Good luck, Tommy. Inches. Who wants a thong? Knit thongs for sale. Only at the Amish farmer's market. Do you have another thong? An extra small, please? Gary Busey would like one. All right. It's going to take me about three or four months to knit it for you. But you'll get it in the mail with a long self-dressed stamped envelope five months from now if you send it to me. I'd like to knit a sweater for little baby Jennifer. Not at all. It'll get to her by July when she really needs it. Although I do like sending baby gifts. Do you? Yeah. I don't really want to hang out with your child, but I'll... I'll send you a gift. I'll nail the gift... I, I, I'm a terrible gift giver. I, if it's on a, a list, then I can point at it and be like, I'm going to send you five nipples and a, a diaper genie. No, that's a shitty gift. A diaper genie? I ask any mother. I'm sure that that's an awesome gift. Doesn't it? Doesn't it like it contains all the baby poop, but there's something in it that like, like who the, makes no, it smell a, a little that's bit not like a gift powder. That I'm going to give. If I'm going to give a gift like that, I'm going to give like, like, okay, I'm going to give you the obligatory shitty gift. Because you have it. And it's on and your then this is what a normal person should receive. Now, what kind of, is it about shirts? Do you like to get like an ironic onesie for a baby? What do you mean by ironic? Like, you know, when you go, when you're shopping in Brooklyn and there's always that like Brooklyn baby Brooklyn. store. Oh, well, no, because they have them in Midtown where it's like, there's like a, a bar across that's like half full with green and it says diaper loading, please wait. No, I would never buy, that's disgusting a t-shirt that says like i love my mom's nipples or no, something no i would not oh see this is where we're different i think I, i'm a guy if i would maybe get like a onesie if it were like alicia silverstone's opening uh scene outfit from clueless mm. like the, the yellow and the yellow plaid black plaid yeah oh so you want to dress them up and look good well if that's in a onesie form i'm not saying i i don't think any mother would like her child wrapped up in tights and mary jane's a yellow blazer, a plaid skirt. Like, um, speak for yourself. I have friends who have babies that fully dress them like they're miniature Barbie dolls. Then they Barbie should be dolls. punched and the baby too. <laughs> they should be punched in the baby maker. <laughs> oh. Well, I have a tale of two um, cities here. Two, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know which one to choose. Oh. You have op- why is that one so dark? Did you did you change the ink in your printer? It's I don't like know. I had a hard time. How can you even read that? I have a hard time with technology. Oh, don't we all? I have an unusually bad time. I don't know how to update my my phone. Technology, humans. I, I've lost all, all of, of my photos from I think the first ten years that I lived here. 
by updating. I don't know what happened. Don't, don't you know. still have like a, a flip phone? No. Oh, that was Chuck who was like, I think I need to update my phone. And he takes out like a Sprint flip phone from 1993. I'm like, yeah, I think so. Because that looks like a burner. It looks like you're a drug dealer. Could you maybe update to something that has a screen that you can swipe from side to side after you eat your yogurt with your fingers? Gross. And then use the MetroCard machine. I think I'll pick my nose and then get an unlimited. So I think we've um, touched on this topic before. Okay. But only a very special episode of Punky Brewster, mm. which I think is being rebooted. I know. Somebody else told me about this. Very exciting. It's not. We're not supposed to go off topic, though, because Jim's going to slap me with the ring hand. <laughs> God, I love him. All right. From the Northwest Herald in Woodstock, Illinois, September 28th, 1989. Dear Abby, in preparation for cleaning up my refrigerator, I emptied it and removed all the shelves. Then I took the shelves to the laundry tub in the next room adjacent to the kitchen. When I returned a few minutes later, I didn't see my children, ages two and four, who had been beside me in the kitchen while I was unloading the fridge. When I opened the door to the refrigerator, there they were, inside, probably playing hide-and-seek with mom. Abby, if the telephone or doorbell had rung and distracted me for a while, I might have returned to find my precious children either dead or brain damaged from lack of oxygen. Please warn your readers to remove only one shelf at a time when cleaning the fridge so small children cannot crawl inside and risk suffocation. Still shaken in Detroit. Her answer? Dear Shaken. <laughs> she could have done better. <laughs> it's Shaken Bank. Can I help? Dear shake. Don't say shaken when it comes to babies. Shaken. Yeah. Shaken baby syndrome. Yeah. Don't shake she's, your babies. She's, okay. Dear shaken. Thanks for a valuable safety tip. And may I add, small children rely on their parents or caretakers to keep them safely out of harm's way. Children are naturally curious and fearless. And one wonders, where were the parents when a child pulls a kettle of hot grease from the stove or falls down the basement stairs or drinks bleach? <laughs> You know that happened in her house. <laughs> or drinks bleach. Or gets into your underwear drawer and finds your vibrator. Or accidentally has sex with your husband. <laughs> <laughs> Our children are the most precious possessions. We must protect them. Well, first of all, she slaps her for that by being like, you know... It's more about the parents than the troublemakers. For me, this is a testament to not cleaning your house ever again. If you have children, why bother cleaning? And for the record, this woman really laid out in detail what was happening. Did she need to put that many details in the beginning? She was like, just to let you know, let me set the scene. I was cleaning the refrigerator. I took the top two drawers and I brought them over to the right, just to the left of the laundry. When I looked at the laundry and then I turned around and I looked back at the dryer and I thought, maybe I need to purchase a new dryer. Maybe I need a whole new set. And then I realized, I was like, of course, if you're going into that much detail, where is your head? How long does it take to, to fucking clean three glass shelves? The main dirt that's in a refrigerator is usually in the the door that contains all the condiments. Yes. Or like a, a little like lettuce crisper where, where you've bought Correct. $50 worth of produce from the Amish market that Correct. goes rotten within two days. Unless you're a filthy fucking mother who doesn't ever clean her <laughs> goddamn refrigerator and it takes you that fucking long <laughs> and you've got two children ages two and four next to you. Also, she never heard them. Uh, yeah, your when ear? your kids go from like screaming their face off to dead silent, that's when it's like, <laughs> unless you gave them Benadryl and like a cupcake, uh, something's wrong. Unless you're Casey Anthony. Yeah. I, you oh. know, even I have two puppies and if they're not in the room with me and I don't hear them fighting with each other, I'm always like, something's wrong, something's mm -hmm. wrong. I'm tuned into them. She never heard anything slam. She never heard like a, you know? You never heard the muffled sounds of your children sitting in the lettuce crisper deciding, here's where we're going to hang out that. today. <laughs> I mean, this is I, like, I, I like I want you to warn other parents. Other parents are like, you don't have to warn me, We idiot. got it. We wouldn't have done it to begin with. And while you're writing this letter to Abby, where are your children now? <laughs> oh, they're playing on the stovetop. Oh, they're just so, doing a tightrope in that electrical outlet, like that that backyard 
They're wire sitting on the dangling. grill. I'm sorry. I don't know. I just asked them to make me a martini of bleach with olives. Bleach. I love how specific it gets. That's my favorite part. It's her. Or when, you, when a child pulls a kettle of hot grease. Why do you have a kettle filled with hot grease? <laughs> a kettle, a kettle, not a pan, but or a kettle. Or if it falls down the basement stairs, which I don't know why I nearly started laughing at that. I don't, I, I don't know <laughs> nearly. why. Nearly, because it's almost like she's booby trapping her own house for her children. You, or if your child accidentally steps on tacks and nails that are left on their bedroom floor. You could see that if there was like a, uh, like a recreation, you could just see her like dressed up with her big hair and she's like, or if a child pulls a kettle of hot grease and he, she just like pushes the kettle closer to the child so it scalds <laughs> itself or falls down the stairs and just picks up like her black pump and just kicks the kid down the stairs. Yeah. Da-ding, 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 da-ding. Or decides to or drink Windex. A, you know, or drinks a thing of bleach and she's having a martini and the poor child is drinking a thing of bleach. She puts it in a sippy cup yeah. for her. Oh, it back on. how did that, how did that happen? happen? Oh. Or if your child accidentally steps on their skateboard, rolls into traffic, maybe I'm saying too much. The point is, you're the bad parent. You who wrote to me. Uh, oh, this was a good one. This goes back to stupid parents. It all comes down to dumb people, doesn't it? They wow. were playing hide and seek in the stove. I just turned it on because I was making cupcakes later. <laughs> I know. I just wanted to heat up the house. That's all. <laughs> I found their mouth on a tailpipe. I don't know how it got there. <laughs> we, oh, God. That's, uh, okay. I am so excited about this next article, also because I have to show you the accompanying picture of Ann Landers, which I have to screenshot or something because it's got to go up on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's so funny what it is. Okay. So, so this is from, I'm not going to tell you the title of this. It's going to come out later. Santa Cruz Sentinel, Santa Cruz, California, March 16th, 1979. <clears throat> Dear Ann Landers, our five-week-old baby seems to be cross-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> he looks that way when he gets tired or just when he wakes up from a nap. When I mentioned this to my husband, he told me I was imagining things. When I brought it to the attention of my mother-in-law, she said, all my children were that way. Leave the baby alone. Don't start with doctors. The baby will outgrow it. My mother put in her two cents worth. She said, those rattles above the bed are what's causing it. Take them down. So I did. But the problem persists. Please, Anne, I know you aren't a doctor, but you know the best ones. Will you get an opinion for me? Charlevoix, Michigan mama. All right. Ann Lander says, Dear Mama, one of the best is Dr. Jay Arena, professor of pediatrics at Duke University. He says many infants appear to be temporarily cross-eyed because they cannot focus. The condition usually disappears by the age of six months. Dangling rattles and mobile art above the infant's head does not increase the tendency. If the problem continues after the age of one year, Dr. Arena suggests that a specialist be consulted. But the best part of this is that Ann Lander's very own picture, she looks like she's cross-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> I Ann forgot Landers, that I picked this one. baby isn't cross-eyed. The baby isn't cross-eyed, but, but I, I sure am. as hell am. You know why? I'm elbow deep in gin by 10 a.m. And then they took the, they, the photographer from the, the Santa Cruz Sentinel decided now's the time to come over and take a picture for the paper. <laughs> You're late, kid. I was lit and he was late. <laughs> I was cross-eyed. <laughs> Your child isn't cross-eyed, I'm but cross-eyed if she has drunk. a handle of Bacardi rum before noon, <laughs> she will be, just like me. <laughs> Again, this is... Uh, uh, listen. I thought this went into a reader, a listener mail, so I messed up. This was a different one that I went with. Well, aren't you I a forgot. dumb bitch? I'm a stupid... I'm, I'm a dumb bitch who didn't procreate. That's for sure. <laughs> that's a smart bitch. That's a smart bitch right there. Oh, uh, my God. The, they're worried about the cross-eyed baby. But I think that's a, I think that's a normal thing. Yeah, because their eyes don't have muscles that can focus on anything yet, How and it's all shiny. Ann Lander's the fourth person, none of which she's ever asked a doctor. Mm-hmm. Does she think that the doctor visit's going to be some extraordinary... What year is this? This is... Uh, 1979. Right. So a doctor's visit is what? Like a thing of brownies and 25 bucks? Yeah. They come to your house back then. Yeah. Like you can have... Yeah. Yeah. 
How, how complicated is it? You could actually just, instead of asking everybody around you who doesn't know shit about shit, go to a doctor and say, should I be worried about this? Isn't she going to a pediatrician on the regular at this point anyway? Six this months? This woman sounds so stupid. She's like, well, he was cross-eyed, so I just threw him down a flight of stairs. Now his eyes are separated, <laughs> you know, except for his was, skull's open. He was what? cross-eyed, so I slapped him on the back of the head, and that took care of it. <laughs> I took him I took him for a horse and pony ride. <laughs> God. Don't shake him. Don't shake him. Don't shake him. But if the mule kicks, like. <laughs> Can um, I have an operation on this kid to make sure his I eyes go straight? I asked my husband. I asked my mother. I asked my mother-in-law. I asked mm-hmm. Ann Lander. It's like, dear Abby, like, what? I live next door to a doctor, but what does he know? <laughs> All right. It's time. It's for time for. Listen to me. I don't want to talk. It's a gift. Uh, it is. It's a skill. You have a problem. It's a gift. And the thing is, you, this is you why I can't the- have kids. My, I can't have kids because this is the shit that I would sing to them. Uh. And you found the one other person who has a fifth grader <laughs> sense of humor in the world. So <laughs> we're a great match. Oh, God. <clears throat> okay. Listener mail. So we're taking your questions and we're giving you some old school advice. Please feel free to reach out. Email us questions at dearpodofficial.com. We love to get your questions. We love to get your comments. We love to get your portraits and pictures because this first one comes with a picture to help explain what the question is about. So uh, I'll read the question and then I'll just describe to you the picture and maybe we can put it up on our Instagram so you can understand it more clearly. Okay. Dear pod, I have a question about one of your favorite topics, poop. But does this person have us nailed or what? I never. <laughs> never talk about it here. We are classy with a capital K. We've recently had a renovation of our staff room at work with new flooring, tables, and lockers. Because things have shifted in the room, one of our storage lockers, which contains birthday items like paper plates, cups, forks, and a cake knife, has been newly placed, dot, 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 in the bathroom. Somehow this doesn't seem sanitary to me. Do excremental particles float through the air or urinary particles? Could these particles float through the vents in the locker and get onto our eating utensils? I'm frankly disgusted and I am rethinking my love of cake and partaking in the birthday festivities with my coworkers. Should I go to management? They're kind of grumpy, so I don't want to, quote, stir the pot, end quote, so to speak. Nice. Please advise, panicked in poop land. And they've attached a picture of the bathroom. Now, there is a toilet, and maybe about a half a foot away, a small stool, and next to the stool, a large, thin, singular locker. What type of stool? <clears throat> Loose. <laughs> it was just a matter of time. <laughs> did, you, did you mean to set him up like that and spike it down? Whack! Hey! Hey! So... Now that we've got that out of the way. Now that that's out of our system. Here is Anne's answer. Dear Poopland, I've heard of crappy decisions, but this one takes the cake. Puns absolutely intended. I don't even know where to begin with all of the things wrong with storing eating utensils mere feet away from an active commode. I'm not sure where you work, bub, but if I were to use the context clues based on the attached picture and the lousy locker placement, I assume it's either the state of New Jersey or Congress. I also don't know how to address the stool directly across from the toilet. What do you need, a coach in there? Like Red Auerbach is sitting across from you cheering you on? But I suppose that's an issue for another time. 
On to your problem. According to a recent article in Self Magazine titled, Yes, Poop Particles Spray Into the Air When You Flush the Toilet, a long but accurate headline, microscopic particles of your nuggets are released into the air when you flush. It is a phenomenon called toilet plume. Now, while that may sound like a long-forgotten first-generation Disney ride, it's more accurately the Hershey Highway to an unhealthy spread of bacteria. I recommend marching straight to Karen and Human Resources to alert her of this violation. In this case, yes, you may actually be a shit-stirrer. If the locker is not moved to a more appropriate place, then I say the next time there's a birthday and cake is served using the offending utensils, take a bite of it and exclaim loudly, Hey, this tastes like Steve. I'd recognize his brand anywhere. Then proceed to share your newfound knowledge of the toilet plume with all who are gathered. That should bring Helen from accounting's birthday party to a screeching halt. But, dear Poopland, don't let this turn you off, Cake. Cake is not the guilty party here. Ignorant co-workers are. So if you have cake, eat it too. Unless it's Carvel, that cake tastes like shit. I can't believe <laughs> her vocabulary. <laughs> well, I don't know what her sister's going to say, mm. but but let's let's give it a whirl. Right, Tell me what she got. Let's see what's in the what's in the coffers for the day. What's in the mailbag? <laughs> Foley. <sighs> Dear Potster. Stir that damn pot. Ugh, what a stink you seem to be in. I can say with some certainty that under no circumstances should any cutlery, utensil, or serving platter ever be in the same rooms as someone's commode, especially if it is in a public restroom at work. Ugh, there are many beautiful interior design schemes for a bathroom, but I have yet to encounter one that makes room for household items that will eventually go into your mouth. My heavens. If someone left a small glass dish of pastel mints on the, on the sink, would you eat them? Of course not. Not only has everyone who may or may not have washed their hands loomed over those mints, <laughs> but they are literally blanketed with bacteria from an entire building filled with strangers that you do not know the sanitary habits of. Now imagine, as your co-workers all smile, setting up for a birthday celebration of sorts, and you go to that unfortunate locker in the restroom, which, might I add according to the picture in your letter, is far too close to the toilet. You go to obtain all the accoutrements to make that party a success. Plates, napkins, noisemakers, forks, spoons, straws, all the while not taking into account the proximity of that locker to the commode. Now just imagine with each and every sip, bite, or gulp of that delicious birthday confection you are consuming someone else's lunch from the day before, albeit in a dusting of fecal particles. <laughs> Can I go on? Yes. Many people have a separate closet for linens, towels, blankets, etc. outside of the bathroom for just these sanitary reasons. In fact, there are many who have a private stall complete with locking door in their home to separate the business from the pleasure in the powder room for just the porcelain fixture. Have you seen such a design? It makes perfect sense. And yes, particles do burst in, into the air upon flushing, not too dissimilar from a confetti cannon. The plume is far greater a reach than the average person can ever imagine. But that is not the type of confetti I would enjoy. Believe you me. This is why my toothbrush is far away from the bacteria geyser, locked away and covered. The image picture you provided illuminated another issue. That small, unfortunate stool placed directly in front of the toilet. Please explain to me why such additional seating is necessary in this room. Are you expecting guests while you're on the commode? I simply don't understand. That, that should be removed immediately and burned and never thought of again. My tip to you, Cupcake. Write up a complaint with management that illustrates the unsanitary mess the so-called interior designer of your group put together. I'm sure you can cite many... You can cite from many a publication like McCall's, Ladies Home Journal, and the Reader's Digest that will provide you the backup that you need to get your point across. And for the time being, skip the cake. Believe me, you'll thank me later. <laughs> Toilet plumes. Who would have thought? And very concerned about that stool. I think the stool upset them more than the locker did. It, it just reminds me of Mickey from... Uh, 
Rocky. Yeah, I said the same thing when I looked at it. I was like, oh, that's like a boxing ring. You have to go to that little stool. Somebody somebody throws a little towel around your neck, squirts some water in You're your good. mouth. You're good. You're good. You're good. Did you ever see that? Did I ever talk about the Brisk Ice Tea commercial, which is one of my favorite ones? No. It was a uh, claymation. And oh, it I was, love claymation. And it was Rocky and... Uh, Get your brisket tea here. Like, oh, you keep bringing that bill. I can't concentrate. It's over, Rock. Nothing's <laughs> over. Just give me something to drink. We got another nice Rock. It's fantastic. I hey, do look. love the idea of somebody taking hey, a dump and brisk, needing a timeout between between rounds, like and then you gotta, go to the stool, and then somebody just like gives you a massage. You that can cleans do up it. Your face. You can do it. It's like a clogged TCBY machine. <laughs> you can do it. Push it out. Push I believe out. in you. I believe in you. It's too frozen. The machine's too frozen. The machine's too frozen. I can't get it out. Marv Levy, how did you get in here? <laughs> What's Bill Belichick doing in my shitter? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Want to do the next one? Yeah. Dear Pod, I have to attend a number of functions where people schmooze. I'm fine with starting and having a conversation, but I don't know how to end it slash get out of it and move on to the next one. Help. What is the best way to graciously move on to a new conversation? Also, what would Ann Landers say? Signed, uncomfortable and awkward with stupid fucking small talk. Mm, angry. Okay. Yeah. Dear uncomfortable, first things first. If you're using curse words in your small talk, then your small talk is cursed. Oh. A little decorum for the column, my dear. Moving on. Well, you've managed to conquer the hard part, but it's, it's the easy part that you're stuck on. Am I correct? You know, many folks have the exact opposite problem, and I find it hard to strike up a conversation, not get out of it. You just need that wonderful exit strategy. Believe me, no one enjoys small talk. And as the name implies, keep it small and keep it moving, or you keep moving. Make it seem like you're skipping stones at a party, lightly saying hello to the Van Pattens, congratulations to the Prestons, and Oh, you are too much to Mamie and her new bow. Keep it moving, and you're never stuck. Anytime that I'm hosting an event, I'm usually buzzing about checking the waiters, checking the oven, making sure that the tapered candles are lit just so, and that the wax isn't dripping too terribly on my Italian linens that Maxine McCann gave me for getting my column published. <laughs> I go on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you go on? I will. I go on. This provides me the perfect excuse to exit any conversation. I simply must check on the duck. Don't want to keep it too dry, dear. Or the waiters are using the wrong stem or I'll just be a moment. The key is to scan the room for your exit strategy. It isn't rude, but sometimes conversation, not unlike relationships, just runs its course and someone needs to pull the cord, as they say. You always want to be the one who exits first. Therefore, it keeps them wanting more of you. A simple... I have to powder my nose. Always provides a simple exit, yet a mutual understanding without going into too much unnecessary detail. Listen, uncomfortable, you are in charge of how uncomfortable small talk has to be. Be nice and be quick and make them feel important and heard, and they will think you're just top drawer and dazzling. They'll be jealous of your newfound art of conversation. Uncomfortable, it's how you maneuver the situation that matters most. Like anything, it is the confidence that will lead you to your success. It's not what you wear, but how you wear it, mentally. So let's turn you from schnooze to schmooze. Try it at your next event and send me a letter and let me know how it goes. That's lovely. It's almost like you have, she has prefabricated lines that, that are ready to sort of help dovetail out of a conversation. <clears throat> like Everybody practice. does. Oh, I don't we? loathe small talk mm-hmm. and therefore I don't do it. <laughs> and therefore, I stay alone at home, crying on the floor of my closet. I, I have I have simple exit <clears throat> exit lines like, I'm sorry, I had the dairy, and then I have to go. Oh my god, I hate you so much for saying that right now or, because you have to hear before you go any further. Okay. Anne's response. I'm holding that. <clears throat> go on, dear Unc. What would Anne Landers say? Well, here we go. I know all too well the difficulties that come with navigating the social scene. I was once trapped in a conversation with a woman at a party who decided now was the time to share her entire gyno- gynecological history with a stranger. I saw no way out. 
Luckily, Jules appeared five minutes later to tell me his IBS was acting up, and it gave me the perfect excuse to exit the conversation. But I understand not all of us are fortunate enough to have a husband with a profound dairy allergy. So here's an option for you tech-savvy kids using your beepers and fax machines and Betamax players these days. I recommend setting your toodle phone alarm to go off every six to eight minutes whenever you enter your schmooze fests. This way, if you're mid-conversation with Dolores, the boss's wife who gets hammered at every party and spills family secrets, then boom, phone goes off and, oh, I'm so sorry, Dolores. As much as I would love to hear about your lazy son who knocked up the neighbor girl, I have to take this urgent phone call. And just like that, you have the perfect excuse to gracefully step away and tend to your alleged call. This is a wonderful way to spare you the agony of droning chit-chat while gracefully bowing out of conversations. And setting a timer means you have a consistent parachute throughout the event. Of course, the other option is to bring a plus one who has aggressive reactions to cheese platters that inevitably end in an embarrassing trip to the car wash. My Pontiac will never be the same, Jules! But I really recommend that first option, as the second usually comes with a divorce lawyer. Godspeed and happy schmoozing. Does everybody need a breath? (laughs) Breathe in that sweet toilet plume. Mm. It's time for specialty cocktail. I'm glad you said Jim. I didn't think that was going to end that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's from Jim. Jim. <laughs> all right. This week's specialty cocktail is in honor of all you hardworking parents out there. This is called the pacifier, and we recommend it. After a long day at home trying to change one of your babies from male to female. Or keep we recommend it after a long day at home after trying to keep your children from falling down the stairs. That's what you a, hear behind a, me is the child. angriest <laughs> shake. Don't you can shake this cocktail, please don't shake a child. That sound you hear is the aggressive ice chipping of a parent after a very long day making themselves a stiff martini to get over the traumas and the day-to-day exhaustions of parenthood. Listen to that. It looks, it sounds like a child in a salad shooter. (laughs) It sounds like a horse clopping, which I know now because I just came back from Amish country. Me. So this cocktail is straight down the middle. We know that you have had a really tough day trying to keep your kids from falling into refrigerators or down the stairs. Or drinking bleach. So what is this one? It's uh, Kettle One, right? All it is is a vodka martini. It's a vodka bleach martini. We want you... (laughs) It's the Clueless cocktail. Not the Clueless, uh, Heather's. Heather's. All right, so this is a standard Kettle One beautifully made martini with plenty of angry ice chips filled with it. So I want to take, I want you to take all the stresses from your day. I want you to put a lot of ice into a shaker and I want you to angrily take a spoon or a knife, whatever's available to you, and just chip, chip, chip away that ice. Chip, 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 and then fill it with just pure Kettle One vodka. I want you to look at, um, what do you, what, I want you to look at the driver move, and then I want you to look away from it. Yep. I want you to keep it closed. Don't touch it. Just fill a glass with ice and vodka and shake the ever-living crap out of it. Do you think that this will taste differently than the martini that I, and I'm going to use the word martini loosely, of oh. what I received the other night? I, I think so because it's served in a proper martini glass oh. with a lemon twist. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah, Jim. <laughs> oh, I love this fucking pride cocktail. Yeah, see, your drink, oh, your martini shit. was served in a bourbon snifter as martinis are not meant to be Filled served. with ice. It was like a dirty martini at Big Gulp. And she threw it on the table she in front of you and said, you're having it. this. Catch it, fairy. 
I wanted a Diet Coke. Well, you got this. You deal with it. I need a path here. I need you to clear a path. I'm going to take a little picture of it. Standard, right down the middle, vodka martini with a twist. Very chilled. Lots of ice chips that you've aggressively Very chipped chilled. into your into your. You went your some thing. Sharon Stone basic instinct on that fucking ice back there. Yeah, you did. So chin, oh, chin to yeah. you. Oh, oh Double chin to you. Here we go. Well, ring-a-ding-ding. If that isn't the best thing I've had after a long day of being a parent. That's going to put hair back on my balls. (laughs) Especially since it got knocked off you by the guy at the Amish market. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was fantastic. Did you have a good time today? Now I'm going to have to re-wax them. Well, you got to do what you got to do just to survive. So if you liked us, rate, review, subscribe. Follow us on social media, dearpodofficial.com. All over the map. Side note, um, anytime we're on a road trip, I love a McDonald's soda. So we- Was what Aaron, he said. <laughs> so I make Aaron stop. I'm like, I just want a soda and I need to use the bathroom. And I need a cheeseburger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, if I'm here, maybe I'll get something to eat, even though I just ate. I'm like, I only eat the fries. Not only do I leave with a Diet Coke, but it's like fries, Big Mac, filet of- <laughs> I know. He's like, I only eat their cheeseburgers. And I was like, oh, I know. Who gets filet of fish? And he goes- and fish <laughs> and nuggets. And he's like, no, I draw the line at nuggets. I'm like, oh, thank God, there's a limit. And the best part was there was nobody else by the counter. So you do the thing and then you get your ticket and it says a number on the ticket is 584. Not This is not far from our destination, mind you. So. Yeah, we're about a half hour away, so we thought. But it was Groundhog Day of driving. Every time we drove another 45 minutes, I was like, why is the GPS not going down yeah. in numbers, in hours? So we're sitting in front of the counter and there's nobody else anywhere near the counter. Everybody else who had ordered had gotten their food and yeah. had sat down. The woman comes out with your food and goes, 584! <laughs> I'm literally standing away. as close to her as I am to this microphone right now. 584! There's literally and she no one. past us. The, yeah, the only person that's standing behind me is another McDonald's employee that is monitoring the two screens that are like three feet away from the counter. Yeah, he's the screen helper. Right. That is his job. Because That's we're it. trying to, to outsource all the jobs to the computers, but we don't trust the computers enough, so we have to put a 13-year-old mm-hmm. boy by them in right. case you can't figure out how to touch the screen. Yeah. And she looked past us and screamed 584 as if to say, anybody but them. And anybody but this homosexual in that tight shirt with... <laughs> With the that, nipples poking through. With the redhead who looks like she's been rode hard and put away wet because she's been driving for 10 hours in Pennsylvania with ottomans and deer on the side of the road. Oh, God, I love road trips. Oh.